This is the Head on Collision Podcast. Hey guys, this is Clay. Today we did a lot of talking about high school athletes and kind of some th- problems that we've seen before and we've experienced, but we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. TJ, you want to tell them what we talked about? Yep, so we talked everything from nutrition, training styles, missing things like recovery. One thing we didn't touch on, which is super, super important, is hydration. So all you athletes need to be getting in an adequate amount of water, a rule of thumb to start with, Half your body weight in ounces of water, and this is outside of any water or branch chains that you drink during training. Yeah, absolutely. So a good rule of thumb, obviously. Uh, I'm 250 pounds right around there. I want to try to be hitting about 125 um, ounces of water, which is about a gallon. 128 ounces equals a gallon. But that's one of the things we want to stress on, especially before we start the episode. Hydration is key. We didn't touch up on it, so it's one of the things we definitely want to distress. Make sure you're getting half your ounces of body weight in water, like TJ said. But otherwise, got a great episode lined up. Hope you guys enjoy it, and let us know what you think. Chipotle was right next door, and it was the first time I ever had Chipotle. So the day before, I tried pitch. It was pretty good, whatever. And then they're like, oh, next door, $4.99. You can get a burrito as big as your fucking torso. Because <laughs> <laughs> when they first came around, you get the most food for 5 bucks. It was insane. Yeah, like I said, I'm like, the fight between Chipotle and Qdoba. You're so retarded. I've like, just hear me out. <laughs> I've had Qdoba, and I've had, so let's start, just start back at the beginning, kind of like your experience. The first time you have it, you're like, oh my god, this place is amazing. So I had Chipotle, and I thought, oh my god, this place is amazing. Then I had Qdoba, I'm like, this doesn't even compare to Chipotle. Fast forward four or five years later, and all I've eaten is Chipotle, 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 like literally a shit ton. So then all of a sudden, threw in Qdoba... And I was thinking, oh, wait, oh, they've got three different kinds of queso? Yeah, I'll take all three. They can load me up on extra cheese with that extra cost? Yeah, I'll take some more of that. Like, oh, whole wheat burrito? Yeah, try, try one of those. And, like, the brisket, like, they have smoked brisket as a meat option. Granted, it's probably not the best quality, but <laughs> super, super good. So I, like, literally stacked on a burrito, and I was like, this is amazing. And then the next time I went there, I was like, I'm going to get two fucking burritos because it's so good. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's why I'm now like, I'm, I don't I, I like Qdoba more now. There's a real valid point to be made here. If you plan to eat like shit, Qdoba has better queso, so it that make you can smother it in queso and you're fine because you can't taste how shitty the meat is. But if you're eating like good quality, you're looking for like a on the go like good option, just chicken and rice. Fajitas at Chipotle will shit on chicken, uh, brown rice, and fajitas at Cordoba. Oh, yeah. Won't Absolutely. Close. Yep. Game changer is if you want to have like a cheat cheat meal, you cover it in their queso, which is 100 times better. Slice out. <laughs> it really matters if you're going to eat like shit or not. Because I, I don't eat burritos like ever. And you said the whole wheat tortilla thing is amazing. Which yeah. I would have never known because I would have yeah. never got that. Absolutely. For sure. And it's like. You know, it is what it is. The whole wheat stuff makes me feel like I'm eating healthier. I'm not. I know it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it is what it is. It's a cheap meal. And that's the that's the point to be made as we rant on about Chipotle versus Qdoba. That's the point to be made here. It is basically a cheap meal. Like, unless you're getting, like you said, a bowl with a little bit of rice, like, 
little bit of rice, a protein source, like not even even any beans. I mean, you'd have to keep it very, very clean for it to not to be considered like a cheat meal because otherwise you're pushing over a thousand calories with whatever you want. And then add a burrito, that's like 1600 calories. That's ridiculous. So, but sounds like we got a pretty good podcast lined up today. <laughs> yep. And it actually lines up perfect. Because high school athletes eat like shit. There you go. So that's perfect transition. It is perfect. Yes. So um, I guess our main topic today is going to be talking about high school athletes. Now, this is going to kind of merge into, I'd say, a couple of the ones we've already talked about. Definitely, we'll pick and pull from a couple different episodes, um, including the lifting styles one. We talked a little bit about high school athletes, but we're just going to go into like high school athletes. And if you're out there and you are a high school kid lifting, um, this is going to benefit you greatly. But I think also a bigger crowd is going to benefit are people who have control over these high school athletes. Uh, training styles uh, and their just their overall training methods and nutrition. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach, whether you're a weightlifting instructor, um, obviously take everything we have with a grain of salt. But I, for one, have been through high school programs that have been um, somewhat beneficial sometimes, somewhat absolutely just ridiculous. Like um, growing up through my high school, there's a couple different programs and several different coaches. And they each have their own method and they think their way is the best way. But honestly, there was all of their ways where I could pick them apart very easily now, <laughs> knowing what I know. Um, and just the way that they coach now, too, is definitely um, <clears throat> a way that I, we'll definitely talk about and address. So, But just to start out, we, I know we talked about our little spiel with Qdoba and Chipotle. So I guess we'll let's dive right into nutrition. So what's one of the biggest things? Let's just talk about ourselves first, and then we'll talk about the majority. So obviously everyone knows that we came from a background that was like, we gained a lot of weight in high school, and then we shed it off after we got out. So talk about your nutrition, personally, TJ, in high school. What did you eat like? The, the definition of shit <laughs> probably the closest, just random waste products combined <laughs> Excreted out of places they shouldn't be. Yeah, absolutely. That was my nutrition. Like, I ate Taco Bell, like, all the time. Double quarter pounder with cheese, full pizzas with breadsticks, or whatever the side was. Two liters of Mountain Dew per meal. Not joking. Yeah. Bad. Just insanely horrible food. Ice cream. Like, after I'd get done working out or whatever just get ice cream and you used to tell me what was that dessert you always used to make the it was ice cream with uh you nesquik 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 i almost called it protein powder (laughs) definitely not protein powder even the protein powder i got back then was shit like my first ever protein powder was the monster milk it had the oh yeah 35 grams of protein per serving instead of the 25 yeah for sure bigger scoop of fillers and shit in it yeah but yeah literally I just eat like shit, won't eat enough protein, eat way too many grams of sugar, bunch of saturated fat, probably everything cooked in canola oil, just yeah. eat pounds and pounds of sugar and wonder why I had acne. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell? I'm always hurting, all my joints ache from being overweight and eating like shit, so I cause so much more inflammation. Just stupid things that I see so many high school athletes do because they can get away with it. They're active, they're doing this, they're doing that. Oh, but I'm not fat, or I'm not that fat, or I need weight for the sport, or all these stupid excuses. And they would never eat enough protein. They'd always eat way too many processed foods, drinking shit. Like, they just never enough water, always pop, always Gatorade, always, always, always just stuff you don't need. Yeah. 
What about you? So I'm very much the same way. I mean, if it was processed, I would have my hands on it. Um, I had a pretty good idea that I needed protein, but that was the only thing I knew. So no matter what it was, if it was, you know, if I got my protein in for the day during high school, you know, in a form of protein shake, in a form of meat and whatever it may be, then I would say, all right, I got my protein in. Now it's full game, free game on anything. So I would eat as much bread as I could, as many carbs as I could. Um, <clears throat> uh, energy drinks were a big thing. I would drink, stay up and me and actually me and my cousin used to stay up. We used to go over to his place and stay up and drink. We would get two big monsters and we would each drink two of them in one night setting and stay up to like four or five o'clock in the morning playing video games. And it's, it was, I like, <laughs> I think about myself doing that now. Like if me and you went out right now and bought two of those big monsters and tried to stay up until 4 a.m. drinking those. Well, the full sugar ones. Yeah, to, yeah, like you absolutely. Zero sugar, no, like no, ones. not at all. I mean, it was the green original monster can. I mean, it was the the big the BFC whatever it was yep. called. Yep, the big fucking. Yep. Can. So I used to I used to drink. We used to drink those, and we'd have two a piece, and like literally just that would be what it was. Like, oh, finish the first one. Yeah, doing good. Going to the second one. Quick side note: my nutrition that layout was more for middle school for me. By high school was when I started transitioning to. Pretty much all I ate was protein because I was trying to lose weight. So just chicken and vegetables, which was still way wrong for what I was doing. That's why I broke both my hands and had a yeah. bunch of issues. <laughs> but, yeah, what I was saying was more middle school. Like, But I like meat. I like steak. I like hamburger. So I ate like a good amount of meat, but I ate a bunch of just shit around it. And I, yeah. I, just, I knew I liked meat, so I ate a lot of meat. But that meat could have been fried chicken, too. That could have been a bunch of oh, shit. Oh, absolutely, definitely. And, like, my breakfast consistently... A big monster like you were talking about, or a big Mountain Dew, and a Texas donut. If you've ever heard of one of those, a Texas donut. Donut. Okay, yeah. so gotcha. I've not heard of that. There are two bucks at this small town bakery that mm -hmm. was like really well known where I grew up, and the donut was literally, I mean, it's bigger than your head. So like a like the what you were holding up like a it, probably ten oh, to twelve inch pizza like yep that's what the donut that's was. how that's and ridiculous. it was a glazed donut or it was the chocolate covered so it had the chocolate layer so those were the two options that's crazy and I'd eat one almost every single morning there are two bucks I could get two bucks from my dad every single morning wow that's and that was breakfast yeah and that's like that kind of takes me back too because we had Casey's back home and that was the only hometown uh, anything we had we had it like a grocery store but like it was Casey's was open early in the morning they had the fresh donuts they had everything we used to do the breakfast pizza all the time and granted probably not as bad as the donut would be but the pizza still I mean they for the sauce they put gravy and they had a whole bunch of really like it was like it was to the point to where you could slurp oil and grease off the top of the pizza and that was what i used to like <laughs> so i used to eat like that all the time and that same goes for me as i was as i transitioned into high school that was where really where my lifting career kind of tried to start taking off um well i should i shouldn't say lifting career but my uh interest into health and fitness took off i'll say it that way um and i get i uh basically kind of got a better handle on everything that's when i kind of started looking into more diets and this and that and slimmed down for sure um but like I was saying too, or like you were saying, middle school wise, it was terrible. That's when I was doing the monsters and we would stay up late and do that. And I like literally if, when I was saying like, if me and you grabbed two monsters and we stayed up till like four o'clock in the morning, like, like nothing but watching TV or playing video games until that time, drinking those things. 
I'm for sure one of us would be in the hospital. Like that's how bad it would be. It was like it would, like it makes me anxious thinking about doing that right now because like <laughs> it's so, that rough. Minus the lack of sleep, think about how much inflammation and shit that food caused. You'd be even if you slept eight or nine hours, that shitty food you'd be so out of it and lethargic and froggy the next day it'd be insane yeah absolutely and that's like that's what we went through but i guess normally what we it would be on like a friday night and then we wouldn't have to do anything saturday and then we wonder why we were slow and tired all saturday and couldn't get up and do anything and all this and that but that's how i used to be it used to be really bad one of the biggest things that high school kids in particular don't understand well first off i'll say this first a lot of the times when you are in that age group you like to downplay or make an excuse for everything you're doing so i'm not saying everything in general but with especially with eating when you're an athlete trying to train or blah 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 it'll be like uh you know late night should i have should i eat these carbs and they'll be like well i i trained today so i guess yeah since i trained they say have carbs after your training yes have carbs after your train but only within what 30 to 45 minute window an hour max maybe like for certain types of training too so that's what we're going to go into big time i'd say is well, we're talking about the nutrition as when you should be eating these things, especially as a high school kid. And biggest thing of all is realizing that you're not like you're not going to be able to downplay everything you do and eat or justify it in that sense. So in making healthy decisions too, um, just in general as a high school kid, yes, you want to be the best athlete you can be. And there is a sacrifice to that um, in a sense, but you also want to be able to um, not have a heart attack when you're 40, 50 years old. So that's what we're really trying to avoid. So longevity purpose-wise. So, yeah. um, One thing is, even the... I see some student-athletes that with the right parents, with the right setting, they still... They understand decent amount of nutrition. But they also do have a thing where sometimes they do just need extra calories. But one, the students that are actually aware of nutrition, they don't... They still don't understand like calories in, calories out. They just, like, they would try to exchange for healthy options. Like, they would eat a, a organic, um, what would be, a, like, uh, what are the goldfish? Or, like, they'll eat, like, the organic section. This oh, and that. yeah, absolutely. Or they'll have, like, uh, a bunch, they'll make desserts, but it'll be, like, cane sugar. And they're like, oh, it's an, that doesn't, it's not sugar, it's cane sugar, raw, whatever sugar. Because they justify it as quote unquote healthier. Yeah, it's not as bad. And when you get new and you fall into the trap of well, it's not as bad as then you really aren't eating that good to begin with. <laughs> there, but this has to be caveated with there are some serious athletes that have serious parents that really do understand nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. Super serious, but it see that's a super super small like under a percent of athletes. Most people. For football, leave football or like two days. You leave two days, you're every athlete six to a car and Taco Bell drive through, McDonald's drive through, pizza. Nowadays, you do see some people eating Chipotle, but now it's like their cheat meal that we talked about, but it's every single day. Like, yeah, post workout, they add 15, 1600 calories yeah. in that one meal. For sure. And, you know, honestly, when you're working out that hard, especially in two days, I mean, 
if me and you decided that we were going to train, you know, as much as I hate to say it, and we never would, but CrossFit or something like that, and we were doing workouts that were several hours long, just something really intense training like that, we could probably get away with doing something like that. Like, we honestly could. We could probably go to Chipotle every day, get the carbs, and still be okay because we're training for a certain goal. Now, obviously, like you said, everybody everybody's different in the way their body works and their metabolism, but um, with some high school kids... They do that, and whether it be pizza or whether it be Taco Bell or whether it be, you know, Chipotle, a healthier option, you know, they're still not going to see the immediate effects like me and you would because obviously they're putting, they're burning so many calories at work that, yes, they might be able to eat all this stuff and not gain any weight from it, but then you look on their, like, how their health is and their body on more of a molecular standpoint, and they're just slow, they're not feeling well, it's just, you know, they don't gain any weight, they don't see any negative side effects from it all, but then, like I said, when you really deep dive into it, uh, their body's really suffering big time from it all. Yep, so, like I said, a lot of the athletes can get away with a lot more than most people, Yep. but with that being said, like, they should, like, this would be the perfect place to use, like, the 80-20 rule, mm-hmm. where, say, you eat four... Good meal, so chicken, rice, chicken, potato, chicken, whatever. You are conscious about four meals. Then one meal, if it's post-workout or whatever, those level of athletes probably do just need some calories. Oh, absolutely. So they can go in on some more calorie-dense foods, but I still don't like to see how many sugars they eat because it's going to cause joint inflammation in the whole body, more joint pain. They're going to put themselves at more risk of injury. They're going to break out with acne and all this stuff during high school, which screws kids up mentally. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't want it. Like, you're already sweating like crazy. You're in all these pads. You're in the, whatever sport you're doing. Now you're adding sugar and other inflammatory things, so you're going to have issues with skin, hormone things. So even if I would like to see most athletes, if they're really training that hard and pushing it in the weight room and on a practice – during those phases, yes, you can eat probably one meal of whatever you want that day, whether it's you go out to Chipotle, you go out to whatever. But I still want to see you make healthier quality choices. Yep, absolutely. So if you do, say you do have like uh, a dessert or whatever, like kind of use like honey instead of like use things that will have other micronutrient benefits to it as well. So like some of my cheat meals that you see, they're pretty high in calories like ribeye avocado like i eat a lot of calories there's a lot of calories Mm. a lot of energy there but i also get a lot of micronutrients packed into that same meal so i get an extra boost from that too yeah absolutely and one of the things i've seen noticed you do as well as you instead like you'll still have your your sweet thing on your cheat meal but most of the time like instead of it being something unhealthy or like splurging you're eating like halo top ice cream and that's like it's funny it's still rare for me to eat sugar period so like even though i like what a it's july 7th i may be eating four or five pints of halo top this year <laughs> so it's still rare yeah absolutely I, for sure it's just fresh in your mind because i posted the one yeah definitely the other night mm-hmm. for sure but like that's what i mean even if you're making like even if you are making that decision to eat something that's a little bit more sweet in taste or not as you know, nutritious as it should be, it's still one of the healthiest choices. Because if you're going to say, I'm going to go get ice cream, you're literally in like, what, a whole entire quart of that? It's what, 600 and some calories? No, it's like the high ones are four. 
They most of them are like three thirty. Is that for 40. the one serving or just the... no for the whole pint? Oh, okay, I got you for sure. I did, I thought that was for some reason two servings of the pint, but no, there's like four servings in the pint. But they put the calories of the whole pint. Oh, on the, on the on the front, yeah, I got you. And then the okay. breakdown of the macros are for the one serving, which yeah. is four cups in there. So it's four servings. Oh, gotcha. That makes more sense. Yeah, but so even then, you're having what less than 400 calories uh, with in ice cream, and it's made from coconut milk, like is one of the main ingredients, and the fat and carb content are actually for being ice cream. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, and they're taking over the world when it comes to oh yeah ice cream. <clears throat> I think they last year they made it to the number one one best selling ice cream. Which is insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I so since you've told me about them, I probably had five quarts, which has been in the last month. <laughs> which uh, it's been too bad. Um, I've tried a couple different flavors, um, and me and Bianca will split. We'll each grab one and then try it out, which I love it. But like we said, making the best out of what you're given. If you are gonna make that leap into something a little bit more unhealthy or something like a cheat meal or whatever it may be. You know, choose better options than to go out like, like you said, Texas Donut and a Monster or Casey's Breakfast Pizza. Like, yeah, I mean, if you want to every now and then, that's totally fine. But honestly, in the long run of things, especially if you're training hard and want to be the best athlete, you should be minimal, minimal, make those as minimal as possible. Those choices. Yeah, like, like I said, for high school athletes, which I thought we were going to be focusing more on the weight training side of things for like these athletes in this age group specifically, really if they eat four pretty nutrient-dense food, like meals, when you're at that level of output and during that age when you need calories and your hormones are spiking like crazy, you're going to be packing on tissue pretty rapidly because it's such a spike in activity and hormones that one meal a day as long as you mitigate like some of the really dumb stuff mm-hmm. like don't eat candy all throughout the day i see this all the time yep like, that's just there's no point for it yeah but if say you on you went to the uh where's the place you normally eat sweets movies is popcorn but or like even if you did go movie like say limit can like a certain couple servings of candy there because you see people eat like mike and ike's or whatever yeah but like limit it to one meal a day where you're not because if you're munching all throughout the day, you're like, oh, I had two handfuls five times throughout the day. Or you sat down in a movie and you ate four handfuls. Which did you put more junk in your body? Yeah. It's the smaller portions all throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you want to eat your healthy food. Protein and healthy fats like that where you're eating normal size portions multiple times a day. So you're getting a lot of micronutrients in with greens and stuff. Yeah. And then if you are going to do a cheat meal, limit it to one meal. And theoretically, the best way to do that, especially if you are going something high in sugar, you do decide that you are going to go out and get something sweet, candy, whatever it may be, post-workout. The best time to do it, obviously, because you can replenish your glycogen levels, right, as soon as you get done working out, which is really, really important. But um, that's the best time for you to do it if you are going to splurge and something like that, especially with sugar and candy. Well, and if you're doing... Two a days. If you're doing any kind of two a day, you need to replenish that glycogen. Absolutely. In between. Yep. Absolutely. So it's always nice to have. I know we talked a little bit about on past episodes. I used to do uh, back in high school for my trainings. I used to do gummy bears. 
um, was my big thing, and that's a pretty big internet thing. Gummy bears and pop tarts are two big internet things. But um, I used to do the gummy bears after each after I got done. Twenty four gummy bears. I still have it all memorized down. But I used to eat twenty four gummy bears right after I got done working out, and it ended equaled. 30 grams of carbs, and the carbs, the number one ingredient in the gummy bear was dextrose. So it's the fastest, one of the fastest digesting carbohydrates you can give your body in the form of sugar. So um, there's options like that. But obviously, if you're going to do something like that, do it for a reason, not just because you're like, oh, yeah, I can eat candy after I work out, which I don't want a lot of people, especially if you're younger, to hear me like that. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm saying if you have a certain goal and you're going to fulfill it the right way, then that's definitely a good option for you if you know you're going to make that decision. But we are definitely going to talk about training training, because that's the biggest part of this podcast that I want to get into. So what about, let's cover the need where most high school athletes need to put on weight, though. How would you address that? On a nutrition standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously if you need to put on uh, weight, uh, your number one goal is calories. Now obviously eating healthier calories is, like we said, making the better decisions. Um, my go-to on any kind of a carb source. Um, for anybody, normally you want to eat higher, higher in carbs at the beginning of your at the beginning of the day when you wake up. Um, so you can feel yourself throughout the rest of the day. And then right after your workout too, like I said, to replenish any kind of glycogen levels that are gone. And then also just to help you maintain as much possible muscle that you have put in to help you basically recover quicker um, so you can get into next workout and to replenish everything you did lose. So uh, for the best maintenance on any kind of muscle you did gain, uh, the extra carbs after your workout. But those carbs need to come from high quality foods, obviously any kind of um, white rice is a good one. Um, sweet potatoes is my big thing. So those are two high quality carbohydrates I would say for anybody to, to grab onto. Um, and then also quick digesting carbohydrates like the, uh, um, like either the gummy bear thing or an actual product. Um, I know we've talked about carboline several times and you have another one you like to use too. Um, yeah, the carboline and the highly branched. Highly, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so either one of those is a great option, obviously. Um, but I would definitely recommend that. But then making sure you're eating um, at least 1.5 to 2. I know that's some people say it's a pretty high, but um, grams of protein by how much you weigh, by what your weight is. So that's a good number to shoot for as well. Um, but just as a high school kid, obviously, not a lot of high schoolers are going to be counting calories. Um, and, but to have a good rule of thumb on when you should be eating these things is definitely the biggest, I would say the most important thing for younger kids to understand. Yeah. Instead of like pounding pizza and stuff to gain weight, which some people, it really comes to, I've seen people that it comes down to, they burn like yeah. seven, 8,000 calories without doing like training once a day. Yeah. So I've seen some crazy people. One of the coolest things I used to like to do were the energy balls. So like the oatmeal, peanut butter, honey, mm-hmm. protein powder. Dude, some of those things tasted phenomenal. Yeah. And each bite had, what, nearly 200 grams of, or 200 calories? Yep. You'd add in protein. You can add in uh, fats, so peanut butter, almond butter, honey. So you're getting some quick-acting sugars in there. You can add like 100% cocoa, like chocolate chips and all kinds of stuff. You can make healthy high calorie options or what I used to always do is I would blend up oatmeal so in my locker I would have a blended up oatmeal so a cup of blended up oatmeal two servings of whey protein isolate and I would set that shaker cup in my locker dry so in between classes when I needed a meal and I obviously wasn't going to be able to 
Like, there was one lunch hour where I didn't eat the lunch they had anyway mm-hmm. once I got into high school. So I would take it out of my locker, go to the drinking fountain, fill it up with cold water, shake it. So I had oats and protein in my locker. So I could do that multiple times throughout the day. Dirt cheap, easy calories. You can even throw peanut butter in there and let it sit dry. And then when you need it, just go to the drinking fountain, fill it up. It's the same concept as you're on the go. You can blend up all these oats so they're into oat powder. Put it in a shade cover, put it back in the container so you can just scoop it out. And instead of buying the shitty weight gaining shakes, you can just do oatmeal, a good quality whey protein isolate, and some fats if you need even more calories added to it. Yeah, absolutely. And then and on that note too, when you talk about weight gainers, you mentioned weight gainers. That's like, in my opinion, one of the last resorts I want to see any kid go to. That stuff's really hard in your system to begin with for anybody. Now, that's a lot of stuff that your liver has to go through your liver, and you have to go through every part of your body. Um, so as a high school kid that's still developing, definitely not something you want to be looking into. I know that was one of the biggest things, too, is I had so many parents and high school kids selling supplements at GNC and at Complete Nutrition that wanted mass gainers. And, of course, it was something, you know, yeah, you want some information on it. Yeah, I'll give you the information if you want to get it, sure. But... Honestly, the best way for anybody to do that is through whole food sources. Now, most mass gainers are going to pack on anywhere from 700 to 1,000 more calories. So, uh, you know, pretty decent one. Um, where those calories come from, kind of a mystery. I know a lot of them, Some, most of them have... Most of them are pretty shitty. Yeah. I've looked through ingredient profiles. Normally, very low-quality protein, milk protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen gelatin protein in a lot of them, which has a shitty amino acid profile. You see soy in a lot of them, which is very counterproductive. So there's a lot of shitty ingredients in most weekenders. There's very few that have a good, like an actual ingredient profile. Or like a whole food ingredient profile. Like that's just a whole monster on its own. But um, several different options out there now. One of the things I will recommend, like you said, a great way to do it is to already have that stuff made. Because yes, you can throw oats into a protein shake, you can throw peanut butter into a protein shake, and you basically are very, very close to two scoops of protein, two two tablespoons or four tablespoons of peanut butter, and then throw in some oats in there too. That's a ridiculous amount of protein right there. Or not protein, but a ridiculous amount of calories right there just from doing that. So it's probably one of the easiest ways to get that extra calories by adding oats. And by adding that peanut butter too as, as well. So, I just did this. I did one cup of old-fashioned oats. So that's, uh, they'll be a half, 80 grams. That's mm-hmm. what I know it as. So 80 grams of oats and then two scoops of whey protein isolates. So that's uh, 50 grams of protein generally. And then one serving, only two tablespoons of your normal peanut butter. And the total of that tracked in my fitness pal. You're looking at, uh, why did it just vanish my calories and everything? <laughs> you're looking at 720 clean calories. You're looking at over 65 grams of carbs. You're looking at 22 grams of fat. And that's only with the one serving of peanut butter and nearly 70 grams of protein. Yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners out there that are getting stuff from this, now, what sounds smarter, taking a, you know, 1,000-calorie weight gainer that has a whole bunch of low-quality stuff right before, you know, right before you go to bed to try to gain weight like everybody tells you to, and then having to sit there and digest all that crap overnight while your body's not even working at the proper state it should be, or just drinking one or two of those shakes that TJ used to drink literally every day, 
you're already over where you would be if you just took a serving of the mass gainer. I don't know if, if nobody's even like tried a mass gainer. The first thing people do is they're like, oh yeah, is this in one scoop? No, it's not in one scoop. It's in like five to seven scoops. Like I've seen one of them like seven scoops is the full serving. Like who wants to do, and they're big scoops. I mean, they're like protein scoops, bigger. So who would want to do that? And most of the mass gainers you do buy too, you shell out like 60, 70, $80 for and it only lasts you 10 servings or less. Yeah, and then get this, you add one medium banana in there, you up it another 115 calories, but then you go up to uh, closer to 100 grams of carbs Yeah, from one banana. Good source of, well, we talked about this. It has potassium in it. Yep. Not the, it's not as high as everyone wants to claim yep. it is, <laughs> but there's a lot of good things that you'd be getting from that. Oh, smoothie. absolutely. And it really, it won't cost you much more than buying a good whey protein isolate. And then your oatmeal, dirt cheap. If you go to Costco, literally you can live off oatmeal for the rest of your life for yeah. 100 bucks yep. for the rest of your life. Yep, absolutely. So it's not hard ingredients to find. And it's easy ingredients that everyone has in their house already, especially for high school kids. You're with your parents. Um, a lot of your parents won't like the idea of you getting anywhere farther, which we talked about a little bit in our first podcast with our own stories. But... A lot of parents won't like you even buying anything more than just protein as it is. Um, unless your parents have some kind of a background in health and fitness or know a little bit what they're talking about. Um, the most likely the case is you're going to say, hey, can I get the creatine, BCAAs, mass gainer? They're just going to tell you straight up no. Um, and the protein will be a hard push as it, as it is. So if you haven't played with that bear, good luck with that. But uh, for the most part, <clears throat> having that protein already there at your house Everyone has Quaker Oats in their house. I can guarantee you in your cabinet you have Quaker Oats in your house. And I can also guarantee you you have peanut butter. Unless somebody in your house has a peanut peanut allergy, you'll probably even have some kind of a butter in there that you can use, a nut butter or something. So just with those and a banana. I'm sure everyone has a banana. <laughs> we don't here, but I'm sure everybody else probably has a banana. <laughs> but bad so fast though. I know, right? But for the most part, you know, if you live with your parents, then they're going to have that, those quality ingredients for you. Um, and that'll be pretty easy for you to get a hold of. And just by doing that, you know, literally, like we said, once a day, that's going to do wonders for you. Now, just off the top of your head real fast, TJ, give me three of each for the basic high school kid, easy to get to, but best in quality, just for easy to get to, protein, fats, and carbs, just for just for basic knowledge, if somebody if they're like listening, they don't even know where to begin. Three proteins, three fats, three. Okay, we're gonna carbs. start. We're gonna start with eggs because they'll knock one out of each. Yeah, absolutely. So fats and proteins. Then if we're going protein, chicken's dirt cheap. Budget's gonna be an option for, especially high school, early college students if they're paying for their own. Yeah. So chicken, and then honestly, if you can afford it, I like to see you add some red meat in there, but otherwise, like a whey protein isolate. Very simple, very easy to do. So you'd have a very quick option in a whey protein isolate, and you'd have a chicken option where you can grill up and prep it and very easy. And then eggs, whether hard-boiled or uh, you just cook them up in the morning, three pretty easy protein options. Uh, so fat, you're going to have the eggs. You're going to have peanut butter is really simple for a lot of people. And honestly, I'd like to see more people using like a coconut oil. Yeah. Or like an oil that they're cooking their food in, high quality oil, so coconut oil, or if they want to, an olive oil, something like that. Yep. And it's very easy to add to smoothies, add to all kinds of stuff yep, to make absolutely. it quick. Then carbs, white white jasmine rice, oatmeal, 
Yeah. <laughs> Sweet potato. <laughs> but Not the easiest to get to, but it is. They're, like, they're harder to prep for if you're trying to prep in bulk. Yeah, you can't take it to school with you and put it in your locker and cook it. You just can't. Unless you want to eat it raw, but I've never seen anybody do that. No, but I sometimes cook. Remember when we talked about yeah. cooling the potato and it lowers the Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So you can heat it. You can cook it fully, bring it cold, heat it up again if you want to eat it hot or... I told you I just go eat, again I and just again. eat them like an apple. Yeah, absolutely for sure. But yeah, there's several different options for you, and that's definitely a good place to start. Um, the obviously great options there for you too, um, especially for people who this is household stuff that you can find. You didn't list one thing in there besides maybe the protein, like I said, unless it's something that your you know your parents are against or anything like that. It'd be harder for you to get to, but other than that. I mean, everybody's going to have all those items in their house. Everyone has eggs. Everyone has the peanut butter. Everyone has, you know, an oil that they can use. I'm sure everybody's mom cooks with olive oil. I'm sure there's olive oil in everyone's cabinet. So you'll be able to have that option. Worst case scenario. But Well, and I'd like to see these high school kids. Literally, if you wanted to eat 20 good quality eggs in a meal, you won't see me stop you. Yeah, absolutely. That's 90 calories per egg. Yeah. No, so, you could rack in some calories, add some oils in there, avocado. Yes, definitely. And on a side note, I've been watching some crazy amounts of Top Chef lately. They say if you can cook an egg, then you're going to be a crazy good cook. And I'm pretty sure everybody in the health fitness community can cook an egg really good. Because <laughs> we've done it so many times. But the greatest part about cooking eggs, too, is there's so many different ways you can make them. Like, you can't, you can hit a point to where you're tired of eggs, but... You can just switch up how you make them. <laughs> it took me a long time because I yep. love eggs. Absolutely. And the stuff you can put with eggs too. It's really beneficial for you as well. But yeah, that's a really good, definitely good way. Now let's jump into training a little bit because I know we definitely want to talk about that before we run out of too much time. I feel like this is probably the most important part because some athletes can get away with stupid calorie choices for yeah. a decent amount of time before they have any built-up issues. But people training improperly, that could stop you tomorrow. Absolutely. So we're going to shoot into there. What's the biggest thing that you want to see, I guess? Let's just talk about, we'll start again. Let's just talk about you. What was your training like going up through junior high into high school, all that jazz? Mine was pretty good, but my brother was going to get his degree in sports science. Gotcha. So you had a pretty good. When I was 9 or 10, I was already working out and doing push-ups, and he was showing me stuff i actually in high school i trained with the team but the coach didn't tell me what to do they're like tj you can do whatever you want so i kind of lucked out there and didn't have to follow any of their protocols but the biggest thing i see is nobody controls weight they only want to move it they don't put any focus on activation of any muscle that's supposed to control that movement and their negatives are always super sloppy which is they're trying to bounce weight and do all this stuff which is going to lead you to so many injuries it's not even funny so the first thing I want to see people do is control their negatives more and understand where the load of movements is supposed to be because you see a complete neglect of them when you're watching any high school weight room. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's, I'd say for myself, obviously you had a little bit of leadership. For myself, it's a little bit better example because growing up, I, my older brother wasn't into athletics as nearly as much as I was, and he wasn't into necessarily weightlifting, health sciences, anything like that. Um, so I grew up basically learning from starting fresh. I was a, <clears throat> I mean, I'll go out and say it. I was a pretty unathletic kid. Um, I turned into a very athletic kid about my senior year of high school. I even ended a day. Um, but I started out with very, like, 
step on my feet kind of a guy, you know, don't do anything like slow kid. I was always last in races, stuff like that. Um, but <clears throat> I basically started out underneath the direction of a coach. Um, and this coach kind of took me through the basics and stuff like that. Um, and it basically, it, it was a progression for sure. And I did basically everything that a high school kid uh, regrets doing <laughs> because I didn't have proper, um, I guess, technique training and all this stuff. Now, the biggest thing that anybody, and this is this one, I'm going to hit up on this, but I definitely want this one to go out to the parents mainly. Um, the big thing that any high school kid is worried about is maxes. That's all they're worried about. You tell me how many high school kids, now there are a couple out there, I understand, but the majority of high school kids don't care about physique, they don't care about um, health, they just literally care about at the end of the school year, how much can they max. Abs and biceps and maxes. Yeah, no, I'd say that too, yeah, i definitely <laughs> say that, that's pretty important, but at the end of the day, you're always top dog if you can be the strongest person in the school or your class or the weightlifting room, whatever it may be, and that's what everyone's shooting for. Everyone wants that number one spot, especially those 5, 10, 15, 20 kids that are competing at that top spot for it. Now, we had a little bit smaller school, um, so ours was a little bit more, um, I guess, competitive, but not on like a big scale. There's a lot of smaller kids, and we all knew each other really well. Um, so about 5 to 10 of us would compete really, really hard against each other. <clears throat> and one of the biggest lifts that we took seriously was a hand cling. Now... I'm sure every high school kid has probably attempted a hand cling, probably done a hand cling. So everybody knows, um, and if, like I said, if you're a parent out here, um, listen to this. Everyone knows if, if you've done a hand cling before, how easy it is to mess a hand cling up. There is literally about one way to do a hand cling right and about a million ways to do a hand cling wrong. So literally by messing up in that motion, you can end your career. You can potentially end... Uh, you know, whether it be just a season, whether it be a week of football, but like I said, seriously, you could end your whole entire career um, from whatever sports you're playing in, whatever action you're doing, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do in the rest of your life, and you could have serious issues later on. Now, I'm talking one thing. Mine was a back issue, so I cranked mine bad, um, my back bad when I was my senior year of max outs. I did 270-pound hand cling, which for a senior in high school is extremely impressive. And then I dropped it, and as I was going down with it, my straps didn't come off completely, and it cranked me down really hard. So it basically made, didn't slip a disc, but basically cranked my lower back, one of my lower uh, lumbar vertebrae, and <clears throat> put me out of football for a couple weeks. It was a, it was a struggle for sure. Um, definitely a lot of pain um, and a lot of struggle with myself and self-confidence and all that jazz too as a high school kid, which you shouldn't have to struggle with anyway. So what I want to say, especially, like I said, especially to the parents out there, is when you're working with anybody, whether it be a coach that you don't know very well, whether it be, you know, whoever it is, you got to realize that no matter how good your son is at a sport, no matter how good he is at weightlifting, if he's not doing the correct techniques with this in particular lift, there are several of them that he could injure himself on. But hankling in particular, which is something that all high school kids do for some reason, <laughs> is something that could really ruin and mess up your kid big time. And that's the last thing anybody wants to wish on their own son, especially if they do know that they have a chance to go play college football or this and that. So many parents get wrapped up in, oh, my kid can get a scholarship to a D1 college, and oh, come on. Like, seriously, it's stupid. What and, about their daughters? Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real, it's they get so wrapped up into going to play college ball. And I know so many pe kids, people, parents who are like, yeah, I don't care about my kid's grades because he's going to go play college ball. It's like... 
yeah, I understand that's a great accomplishment and something that they could live the rest of their life on even if they're if they're good enough. But taking that risk and taking that leap, the chances of you actually being successful with something like that, think about how many high school kids start junior high. Let's just start a junior high. How many junior high kids start uh, in a sport and then move on to high school? And from those kids, how many of those kids move on to college? And from those kids, how many of those kids move into the pros? You tell me the percentages of your chances at starting out in junior high to make it to the pros at that rate. Isn't it like point zero 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 like one percent? I think it is Stephen like A. Smith in, actually did a pretty good segment on it. It's like, like one in fifteen or twenty thousand or something. I I, I, mean, I thought it was more. like one in five billion. I want to say something Wasn't like that. that. Crazy? Oh, yeah. if we're talking whole world for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not. I'm not sure what the but what he, basically Stephen A. Smith did a really cool segment on it where he actually came up with the number. Uh, maybe it's five million. I can't remember, but he came up with a number of how many people, basically, how many kids had the chance to be a LeBron James or be a Tom Brady or even be a no-name person in the NFL and get that money. The chances are so small, you should not be risking yourself over a max number. That's my point. Now, if you teach your kids how to do things things properly and coach the right way, then I see videos, and this is possible for. A lot of people, people with good technique, I've seen videos of 15-year-old girls hankling more than I did when I was a senior in high school, like almost 300 pounds, 15-year-old girls, and their form is perfect, and my form was terrible. <laughs> so by doing these things and by having a good coach especially, they think you can iron all these problems out. So the last thing I want you to do, my point is, and I'll kind of wrap up on this little spiel, <clears throat> but my point is... Make sure you're getting quality instruction from whoever it is who's coaching you. Now, I we just had a big liftoff back in Rockport, my hometown. It's the annual school, high school liftoff. My little brother competed, and he actually broke my record, and he's a junior. Uh, he did 275-pound hand cling. Very impressive, and I'm very proud of him. Um, but uh, one of the things that I noticed out of anybody, all those high school kids, the exact same way as I did it, the exact same way I did my hand cling was you hand cling and... If anybody's not familiar, just look it up. But when you catch it and you're standing up when you catch it. So that's when you yank the bar up as high as you can to your to your chest. And you don't even dip your whole entire body underneath to catch it. That's how all these kids were doing it. And most all of them do. Now, one of my favorite pages on Instagram is called Hook Grip. It's actually a lifting style on how you hold the bar. But they branded it and kind of made it their own video page on Instagram. If you follow Hook Grip or watch some of those people, they'll show you how to do a perfect form on any kind of Olympic lift. And a hand cling is supposed to be caught basically with your butt on the ground almost. Like in a deep, deep squat position and then squat out of it. Now, if you take these kids that are these juniors in high school that are doing 270 pounds and you teach them how to do this correctly... These kids could be Olympic athletes. But most of these kids can't do a bodyweight squat correctly. So some of these people are so stiff and muscles by, from sitting in class for seven hours. Like, they don't understand how to activate these muscles. So some of them couldn't probably get their body down there alone to get that low to catch a bar, let alone uh, want to load a weight that's moving. So they still have to learn how to activate and recruit these proper muscles through a full range of motion, which most high school athletes are not doing. Full range motions is something you don't hardly ever see. And obviously, for athletic sports training, more of the plyometrics and more of the Olympic lifting is probably going to be the most 
converted to athletic performance. Absolutely. But it's still going to be well, bodybuilding concepts. You have to learn how to control the weight through the whole motion. So even if you're doing powerlifting, if you're doing Olympic lifting, or you're doing bodybuilding, you have to learn to recruit the right muscles and uh, control it through a full range of motion, no matter what style you're training. So even if you just want to be a powerlifter and you are doing just one rep maxes, they are the craziest critiques of form on the planet. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Real powerlifters, they have it down and it's... Well, Every it, single time, it's the same. It's literally like one toe out of place costs them 20 to 30 pounds. Like, that's how crucial they are. Like, if they, if they like, lean too far back on their heels or too forward on their toes, first off, they'll blow a knee out. But second out, second off, like, just a little too much pressure in the wrong spot, bam. Like, instantly 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds off of a lift that they normally could do, and they can't hit it right. So that's why form is so important. Now, let me tell you a story real fast. I just want you to listen to my story and then you can tell me what's wrong with this sentence after what we just talked about on, you know, muscle, correct muscle contractions. So freshman high schooler Clayton Oswald is excited for his first day of weightlifting. Clayton gets in the truck and goes to the school for the first day of weightlifting. He gets out and the weightlifting instructor teaches him how to do a hankling. What's wrong with that story? First day of weightlifting, get out. Hankling. Well, it could be a ton of things. Obviously, <laughs> you're. I feel like if you that was gonna be the first movement you were ever gonna do. There is gonna be about ninety minutes of cues that you're going getting walked through before you even attempt one rep with it. Like you're doing the bar with the smallest amount of weight to get it lifted off the ground. Yeah. To practice the cues and setting your body up right, which I doubt happened because they're not going to train you for two hours and p- before they put any weight on the bar. I did my first reps within five, ten minutes of being there. Yep. So, so, how, now let me tell you this. Obviously, with a hang cling, you need to know how to deadlift correctly. You need to know how to squat correctly. You need to know how to upright row correctly. You need to know how to do all these little movements correctly and activate your lats, activate your back, your hands, your glutes, all these things, your quads. Like, you need to understand how to do all these things. So how do you take a high school kid who's never even learned how to, um, he's never even learned how to do a, um, a, a deadlift and show them how to hang cling? And that's the biggest point there. Speaking of squats, though, have you yes. ever seen Ray Williams' squat? Uh, I've heard of him. I've never seen this one, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen this one, yeah. This was the most recent world record. He's broke his own world record like three times. But this one's 1,069 pounds. Just in. 1,000. We're just watching this video. 1,069 pounds. And he buries it. Brace, brace, brace. And boom. So, tell the people who didn't get to watch this video how low did he get when he did ten thousand or one thousand <laughs> sixty nine pounds? It how low did well he get? Be 10, I know, right? At that rate, it feels the same after after seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, his hips were well underneath his hips. It was a very deep squat because with that kind of weight, you need the full stretch response from the bottom and it's going to protect knees getting that proper stretch it's going to do a lot of protective things 
uh, getting that muscle fully stretched as long as you're controlling it into the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So that's one of the biggest things too. Like we talked about form is everything, but this guy didn't do a high schooler squat. And I, I know, I know this is our high schooler episode. I'm not trying to single out anybody out there, but a lot of the times, especially when I got out of high school, people instantly saw how I lifted weights and said, Oh, you must have been a football player. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, it's like instantly they say, oh, you must have been a football player. I'm like, what What do you mean? And they're like, well, we can tell by the way you squat. And I'm like, what do you mean you can tell by the way I squat? And you're like, you don't go low low enough. Your hips are way too tight. Like, it looks like your groin is about ready to snap. They were basically telling me everything I did wrong, because they know because all football players do this. No full range of motion. What I just said, that's going to be one of the most important parts is loading all the way through a full range of motion. It's going to prevent injuries. It's going to make you a lot stronger. But people think like, oh, when I tackle or jump, I only bend this far. So that's all the farther I should do a movement. That's yeah, no, so wrong. I actually had a guy, a really nice guy, and I'll tell you about this story here too um, off the podcast. But I had a guy stop me in the gym and he talked to me a little bit about stuff I could do better. Now, stereotypically, when somebody stops me in the gym and tells me, hey, hey, like especially an older guy, says, hey, I got some advice for you. And he's a, he's a big older guy. Like he was a pretty fit guy. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, my first thought is oh, I'm a personal trainer. Like, I, you know, I'm just thinking all these things through my head. Like, yeah, what is this guy actually going to tell me that I don't already know? And he just gave me some really great advice, stuff I did already know, but stuff that was really good to, like, you you have to hear it from somebody else watching you in order to be like, yeah, you know what, he has a point. But basically told me, you know, I'm going through so many, like, my range of motion is so great, Um, what I'm doing is so great, but he told me, you know, pause, like, halfway before getting to the bottom and halfway before the top, you know, basic stuff that I should be doing anyway, but one of the things he did tell me that stuck out was true strength and flexibility isn't determined way down here at the bottom of a rep or way up here at the top of the rep to strength and flexibility where you have is any given point through that to be able to burst out of that area and in any given point of the stretch so everybody can burst out of a you know a bench press at the lowest point everybody can do this and that but you stop them halfway in between and see if they can go right back up very few people can be able to do that so that's what he was saying that kind of stuck out too so when we talk about range of motion and muscle contraction too we don't mean get as high as you can and get as low as you can. Like that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to be as strong in every area, every point in that movement as possible. And that has a lot to do with that muscle contraction we were talking about. Yeah. And having full control over it. Cause if they're uncontrolled and they're just free dropping it to the bottom of the rep and you make them stop, then they're not used to actually controlling the weight on the way down. So you try to make them do that and they're going to hurt themselves. Yeah. For, I mean, that's why you hear the term bouncing. When people bounce the weight, that's exactly what we're talking about. Whenever you do that, you don't get any benefit from it. No, as much as anybody wants to argue, you will not add 20 or 30 pounds from bouncing. You won't. You'll crack your sternum. <laughs> if we're talking about bench press, you will not add any extra weight. Like literally just do it right for a month. I guarantee you will still be able to do just as much, if not more. Than if you just did it with your old bouncing method that everyone loves to argue. Oh, I can get so much more weight if I bounce it off my chest. No, you can't. <laughs> I did all my reps, five reps, and I didn't lose any weight. Yep. Like, any weight that I should have been lifting, I didn't lose. And you probably gained a crap ton of muscle. Yes. Yes. For sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, like like I said, back to my little spiel. 
Um, there's no way anybody's going to be able to teach you how to do a, an advanced Olympic movement without teaching you all these basic movements first. And if you have any kind of a coach that's trying to do that with you, and I love my weightlifting coach, my high school weightlifting coach. We have a great relationship. What he does is amazing. He has a great program design. But some of the stuff he does, we obviously butt heads with, but that's everybody in the fitness community. Like I said, much respect for this guy, and I like him a lot. But in order to teach your kids, uh, high school kid correctly how to do something, you've got to start with other movements. Doing hand cling, in my opinion, shouldn't even be something that you should learn within the first couple months. Like you said, there's like 90 different cues to that, and it's ridiculous. And there are grown men who can't hang cling, uh, even if you try to start them out with it. And there are bodybuilders who can't even hang cling, even if you try to start them out with it, because it's a movement that's ridiculous. And so, like, that's my point. Make sure if you're going to have your kid go through something that strenuous, they get actual good quality help from somebody. Yeah, and be able to make sure their body's in a place where it can go through that range of motion unloaded first. Everyone's throwing weight on the bar right away before even going through a range of motion. Before anyone, you never see anyone practicing a body weight squat before they put weight on the bar and be like, I'm going to warm up with a plate or two plates before they stretch out their groin or do anything that's going to put them in the proper position at the bottom of this rep. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the big things too. And, you know, if you're a parent that has that, know your kids doing these movements without the proper without the proper technique or lifting uh, you don't have to be a, a certified personal trainer you don't have to be a fitness and health freak or a coach or anything like that go watch videos go see what your kids doing differently than what these professionals are doing right yes they're professionals for reasons and they've been practicing for years but if you can tell that your kid is catching the bar way high instead of down low Practice some things to where he can get a little bit lower. Have him stretch a little bit more. Do stuff like that. And if you're a kid who is doing these movements incorrectly, go to Hook Grip and watch those guys. Go to any kind of a site and watch these guys. I don't want you to watch tutorials. I want you to watch real people doing these real movements. And I want you to film yourself. That's the best tool that everybody has now. There's not a kid in high school that I would doubt. There's a kid in high school that doesn't have a phone with a camera, let alone a phone or an iPhone. <laughs> but everybody has a phone. Everyone has a camera on it. Film yourself. Watch yourself next to these guys. It's easy to tell. What is this guy doing that I'm not doing? Slow it down. Watch it in slow motion. Everyone has slow motion on their iPhones. There's ways you can be correcting these things. Yes, it'll be sweet when you get 270, 280, 300 pounds in high school. But when you're 40 years old and you can't walk, nobody's going to care. And honestly, I graduated from high school five years ago. Nobody cares what my hand cling max was. And nobody cares what my squat or my bench was. And I don't care about it either. And you won't either. That's what I'm trying to tell you. No, nobody will care what their high school maxes are in two, three years, even a year out of high school. Nobody's going to be bragging about their high school maxes. <laughs> right. Who do you brag to? So but that's my point. Yeah, it's nice to be up there, especially when you're in high school. But I'm telling you, I promise you, if you do it the right way, first off, if you haven't seen somebody do the hand clean the right way, like I said, it's badass. Like, these guys look amazing. These girls look amazing when they do that crap. Like, I'm telling you, it looks like art when they do that. And it's like, it's incredible. But to be able to do it that way, first off, that's on its own like even if you are not putting up as much weight as somebody who can do it the wrong way you're gonna look way better and people are gonna know instantly you know what you're doing but second off like i said if you can lift 250 pounds the bad way the wrong way and then you learn how to do it correctly bam you're gonna shoot up so much 
on your um, on your overall lift is going to be insane. Yeah, because if you go into it lifting like shit, you might have more weight on the bar for the first month, but ninety days down the road, once you were practicing with lighter weight with proper form, ninety days down the road, you are going to blow past where you would have been just going with crappy form and trying to just keep adding weight to whatever movement you're doing. And almost to wrap it all around, recovery is, like, people need to look into recovery. It's going to be huge, especially for athletes. But one of the biggest things, the only recovery method you ever heard was the ice tub. Mm -hmm. And you should not blunt the inflammation response that close to your workout. If you're going to do it, it should be a completely separate time frame. Because ice, like, ice therapy like that can be phenomenal. But your body needs that acute inflammation for recovery and growth factors. So if you blunt that right away, you are actually almost hurting yourself for strength and recovery more than helping it if you do it right after your session. It should be a separate session of its own, basically, which would be 90 minutes down the road, two hours down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Which nobody's doing. Yeah, and even any kind of active recovery. I don't know many high schoolers that account for recovery in their workouts. Coaches do an okay job, um, at best, maybe. <laughs> um, a lot of coaches are too wrapped in do. Just work harder, work harder. Yep. That's what I always heard, and I had so many overuse injuries from being really overweight and then just pushing like crazy with bad form, not being conscious of any of it. Yeah, for sure. That's another thing too, um, especially with your in football, you do five days a week, uh, maybe even six days a week for some people. Um, but if you're in football and you practice every single day and then you play a game, uh, Saturday after the game, somebody on the team, whether you're a senior or team captain or whoever it may be, or the coach, needs to be scheduling an active recovery session on Saturday. Um, we used to do ours during film. It was something that we actually, one of our coaches that came in during my junior and senior year, he implemented that. And that literally made change the world for me. My freshman and sophomore year into my junior, senior year was having film 10 o'clock that morning, Saturday morning, and then active stretching afterwards. It was literally night and day difference for me. So, uh, especially, you know, any bigger guy, it's going to be night and day difference for anybody. Um, But in general, recovery is something that everyone needs to look more into as well. It's very important and way overlooked, like you said. Good. Nobody looks into it at all. Yeah. Like, it was... Nobody even knew what recovery was. They just, <laughs> they'd come into the next day sore and fatigued already and just try to push through and roll ankles, blow knees, do all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah, absolutely. Could have been pretty easily prevented. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And then, <clears throat> I guess one of the next... The other big things that... Program design is a big thing. I grew up with a pretty good program design. It sounds like you did too since you had your older brother to look after you. But making sure, we talked about this in our lifting styles episode a lot. So if you haven't heard our lifting styles episode, go back and listen to it. Because we do talk about program design a lot in it. And what you should be lifting for based on your goals. But any kind of high school kid, yes, if you're trying to gain weight, you should be doing more hypertrophy training. And if you're trying to gain strength, you should be more do more power and strength lifting training. And it's based on all sets and reps and making sure you do those correctly is definitely going to be more beneficial for you. But there's a lot of things that specifically for athletic performance, there's a lot of people should be incorporating a lot more one-legged explosive movements. Definitely. So uh, one-legged pistol squats, one-legged, there's like bench jumps, there's 
you want to incorporate even just walking lunges is so huge for athletic performance and then uh stre- strengthen lower back and glutes with like uh light good mornings and stuff like this that are gonna not only strengthen your posterior chain but prevent injuries and like i said a lot of isolation work a lot of isolation explosive work on one leg at a time that yeah Absolutely. And one of the best rule of, rule of thumb for anything, whether you're trying to be explosive with it, um, obviously maintaining correct technique, slow on the way down, powerful on the way up. <clears throat> That's a good way to look for anything. Obviously, um, like you said, any kind of any kind of workout or exercise movement with a box incorporated is amazing for you. Um, single leg deadlifts are, are hard. I wouldn't recommend many high schoolers to do it, but that was one of the best ways that I did it, especially outside of high school. I had somebody teach me how to do those really correctly, and they my hamstrings blew up from them. Like literally just got way more massive than what they used to be. So another great way to just incorporate power in your workouts. But like you said, take those uh, areas of your body and uh, isolate them. And that's going to be huge for your system. Yeah, a lot of athletes have imbalances. Like people that consistently uh, strain groins and hamstrings are because they're a weak spot that they don't focus on. So like my brother always had hamstrings injuries because he never did anything specifically for hamstring training. He did a lot of uh, plyometric work being a safety, but he didn't do anything to really strengthen his hamstrings, and that imbalance plagued him over time. Yeah, So you also got to be very conscious of imbalances as you're still doing probably at least 50% plyometric body weight explosive work as a high-performance athlete. Yeah. Of course. So with with your normal with your normal program design, like I said, whether it be weight gain or whether it be strength gain, um, make sure you're incorporating plyometrics weekly. I mean, this should be something that you do a couple times per week, as long as you're not overtraining in a sense. What is your thoughts about doing some of them post? Like I like to do incorporate a lot of it post workout. So if I was having them focus on strength, I'd focus on strength early and then take all the weight away make them be explosive with your body and i'd say actually one of the best ways to look at that and i think i've talked about this too in a previous podcast but the best way for myself and for a good thinking i think the way i like to look into it i should say is that whatever is the most important goal do that first so if your most important goal if you're like you know you know i'm trying to gain a little bit of strength but really i need to work on my explosiveness then do that first because you're going to have the most energy out of your workout to hit that first but yeah i'd say for the most part it's a really pretty good rule of thumb um if you're if you're just trying to maintain or just trying to keep sharp in those areas then i definitely do it behind at the end of your workout it's a pretty good method for you um but i'd say if you, if your main goal is to focus on your power then i hit that first and then go into whatever it is the next that you're doing but that's just like that's just my personal yeah. opinion on it all but because i like to see people build the strength or get the strength stimulus down and then train their body to still be explosive after that so they take away all the weight so you can still be explosive firing through that range of motion then when you recover you're a lot of like high-end sprinting coaches and stuff will talk about they'll do a strength movement followed by an explosive movement so they'll do a heavy squat followed by uh five or ten like yeah. air jump, like squat jumps. Yeah, absolutely. Right sure. afterwards to train your central nervous system to use that strength. Do it in a fatigued state yep. and then be able to get more power when you're at full. Yep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't see that way. That wouldn't work at all. That, yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, program design is obviously huge, especially with plyometrics too. Um, yeah, one thing 
a lot of high school athletes should be focusing on is the recovery and the individual leg. So look up. There's a lot of YouTube videos. It'd be hard to explain any of these without visuals to them. But look up. There's so many different variations of uh, like box step ups. There's so many things that you can isolate individual legs, and you'll see massive leaps in explosion, explosion and power doing plyometrics on a one leg or incorporating some balance into the movement itself too yeah absolutely yeah i definitely say so um what's a good rule of thumb for how many times they should be doing this every time every day of the week do a little bit of plyometric training with it being body weight i almost see no every day yes yeah for sure even plyometrics if you don't do them super intensely they can be used as an active recovery day just moving your yeah. body, getting used to moving your body through ranges of motion. And that's definitely what I was going to say, too. Um, definitely if you're working out four or five days out of the week and you want to incorporate another day, plyometric training is great. Um, we always used to incorporate our plyometric training during our um, Olympic lifting training, too, in high school, which was I thought was a great program design as well because it goes hand-in-hand hand, um, with kind of the areas that you're trying to train. Um, but as far as that stuff goes, I would say, obviously, we touched up a lot on nutrition, we had a little bit on program design, a little bit on the importance of making sure you're doing technique correctly, especially in these advanced movements that a lot of coaches like to start kids off early. Um, any more advice you want to throw in for any kind of young high school athletes or anything like that you want to talk about? Probably something nobody will do, but if you are in a contact sport, a heavy contact sport like football, like hockey, things like this, or really any sport where you're jumping basketball, if you have access to it, you might look stupid, but do some decompression therapies, inversion tables. If you have access to them, focusing on uh, spinal health, this space in that at that time, it's only going to benefit you down the road. No, absolutely, for sure. And that's actually one of the things that my high school did invest in about my junior or senior year. We had a uh, inversion table, so that worked out really well for us. We absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah, which you don't see many kids yeah. even being conscious of it. And will it positively like benefit your performance short term? Maybe if you have an injury that's nagging on you, that's due to that. But if you're like a, you feel healthy day to day, will you notice a huge difference? Probably not. But will your longevity increase like crazy? Yes. But just use it as a longevity tool. Yeah, absolutely, for sure, definitely, and I guess. The biggest thing that I want to throw in at the very end is obviously have fun with it. I mean, if you're a parent or if you're a kid, I mean, you only get to go through that period of your life once, and it is definitely uh, one of the best periods uh, for anybody to go through. So have fun with it. Make sure you are having fun. Make sure you are uh, keeping your friends close and all that jazz. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff, but... Uh, on that note too don't do anything stupid that could ruin yourself for from now on i know a lot of the times especially when you talk to anybody anybody uh that's older that used to play high school athletics and you talk about you know what's one of your biggest regrets in high school it always comes back to oh i did this and hurt myself or oh i did you know i couldn't do this because i was injured um it was a big thing so or nobody wants to hear it it's so crucial who you surround yourself with so Mindset. There's a whole another topic that we can do and probably will do again on mindset and who you surround yourself with. There's so much that goes into uh, being joyful doing something you do. So that's why we said have fun with the weight training. Even if it's 15, 20% less strict, but you're happy doing it every single day instead of hating it, 
you're going to get so much more out of it through the long haul instead of just someone trying to beat you into submission to do something you now hate, which I feel like uh, there was a situation similar to that with your wife. I didn't hear too much about it, but it's very common with athletes. Oh, she's good athletes. Yep, definitely. And we did talk a little bit about that on the on the on the podcast. So it was something that, you know, yeah, don't let and mainly if you're a parent, <laughs> uh, it seems like kids get worn out because their parents push them too hard. It's not if the kid could do it because they loved it, the kid would never quit, and we would never quit at all. But a very similar scenario, like we said, with kind of what we hit on with the rugby podcast with Bianca, my wife Bianca, um, was she got definitely worn out from parents coaches from everybody pushing her to be a great soccer player and um she had a chance to go be a great soccer player and could have went on several scholarships but never got the chance to uh, to do that because she just didn't want to at that point and that's like the worst thing ever is when you or your kid's athletic enough to go to go um to be something great and at a school and it's the sport that they grew up being passionate about but now at that point in their life they just hate everyone trying to push them to do something that they don't Yep. And that's how that's a lot of great athletes go through that because they're tired of people seeing them as only being a great athlete and not the people they really are, and that's a shame. But yep. so surround yourself with the right people. Absolutely, huge. More, almost more than injuries. I hear more people get in trouble outside of school or hanging around with the wrong people. Yeah, and they get kicked off teams. Like people that had futures in that, and they lost seasons because they got expelled they do all these stupid things Mm -hmm. from surrounding themselves with the wrong people and surrounding yourself with the wrong negative people is going to put you in a mindset that's not joyful to be doing what you're passionate about yeah this is hard work but you can enjoy it and you should enjoy it yeah you should like i said that's one of the best parts of your life um and to be able to get especially if you're somebody who wants to do all four years like there's nothing i would ever trade in the world from being close to the guys that i'm that i'm close to uh, you know, shout out to definitely the brothers for being there for me, Trenton and Will, and um, and then also the close friends I made uh, through through high school. I know I keep really good in touch with a couple of them, uh, Dalton and Tyler and all those guys, but they grew up together and we played high school football together and we always looked up to each other. It was one of those things even after I graduated and they were still playing. Uh, it was one of the, I was at, at almost every game and they'd come up to me and give me a big hug and we'd talk about the game and uh, just, you know, have fun and something that I always like to be a part of. And now I got my the little brother, Will. He's going through football camp. Sounds like he's going to continue through. So it'll be another fun experience. I've been away from football for about a year or two now and at the hometown. So I'll get to go back and kind of go through it again. So this is definitely something as, as you grow and you mature, it's something that you realize more and more as you get older that it's only a sport and it's only you know your body and your longevity and your family and your friends are way more important than winning winning a playoff game or winning state or winning districts or uh, getting the highest max in in the, in the school um so you you definitely learn what's what's more important to you as you get older and something back in the day i was definitely one of those guys that would beat myself up like crazy for having a bad game or for missing one tackle or one block uh, but now i'm just like when it happens to somebody else uh, I always have those seconds of, oh man, you should have done that better and want to yell at somebody. But then I'm just like, to just take a deep breath. It really doesn't matter that much as much as people think it does. But but yeah, I guess me and Bianca did at the end of the last podcast. We did tell everybody to try something new. And especially for high school kids, that's definitely something we want to 
exaggerate. Um, you know, it's hard, especially in high school, to try something new because there will be different crowds and there will be, um, you know, different people will call you things that you don't want to be called if you choose something that's not popular or whatever it is. But do something, do something new, do something you really want to try, um, you know. Uh, and let us know about it. Uh, I mean, we told everybody last week to let us know about it. Um, if you do, um, tag us in a post on Instagram. Are you trying something brand new, whether it be a new lifting style or whether it be a new program or whether it be just something new on your daily lives? Go out and try something new, especially as a high school kid. So I guess uh, we'll definitely leave them with that. Other than that, do you have any more advice you want to give? I mean, it's just it'll be nice seeing these athletes clean up their diet. Because they're focused in school, and it's going to improve so much getting away from all that processed garbage. Not only is it going to help you athletically, but it's going to help studying be easier. Remembering the stupid stuff you have to remember in high school. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the truth. Yeah, no, I I had ADD real bad through high school and had to take medication for it even at one point in time, and it was uh, as soon as you correct nutrition. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating the best in high school and throughout junior high and high school. But like now, um, I don't have to do. I don't have to do anything for it. Um, <clears throat> my work, my job, it's crazy memorizing numbers like crazy. Which I love math anyway. But um, in high school, I couldn't remember equations. I couldn't remember formulas. Anything. Um, but now it's like if I learn something, bam, it's right there on the top of my head, ready to use. But my cleaning's really good. Or my cleaning, <laughs> my diet's a lot more clean than what it used to be. So. Um, that helps out a ton. So yeah, there's a lot of benefits they're going to get from everything else. And add in that alpha brain with our on it link. <laughs> yeah. Coaching. Yeah, give it some get try. You, obviously, ten percent off. Obviously, if you're under eighteen, obviously we got to throw that little bit in. But <laughs> have your parents look into it. Yeah, make them you... take it too. Yep, definitely. It's there's three placebo controlled double blind studies showing it's all basic stuff. It's there's. There's nootropics out there. Yep, and especially too if you're if you're somebody that especially a kid who's on any kind of medication for ADD, try to supplement before you get on medication. You'll most, wish. Most of it's just a deficiency in some of these basic things. Like Alpha Brain is nothing insane for like crazy edgy ingredients. Oh, absolutely. It's a mainstream, just giving you the raw building blocks for. Neurotransmitters yeah. like alpha brain, multivitamin, fish oil, these little basic things that we talk DHA, about all the time. EPA and DHA, it's one of the most overlooked things. Did you ever take fish oil in high school? No, but I tell every <laughs> high school athlete I ever talked to to take it. And we'll, we'll talk about supplements too on another podcast, but it seems like every high schooler wants a pre workout, but nobody wants anything else. <laughs> and that's the last thing. I mean, one of the last things I would say. That you should probably be looking into, especially at that age. So now, people, high school students were drinking it during school. It got so popular. Like last time I was close to a high school athlete, everyone was drinking pre-workouts throughout the day in school. Cause that's just scary, cool. man. That's scary. Yeah, your heart can only beat so many beats, yeah. and to be there doing that in high school, man, that's don't, crazy. Don't they say you only have so many ticks or whatever? That's what I, it's weird to think about. I believe everyone does have that clock. I mean, theoretically, everyone does have a clock. And once it hits that beat that you die at, I mean, that's it. But to raise that, to raise that so many beats, then. But what about a bus? It's not a beat. <laughs> yeah. But Debunked. For, <laughs> for the most part, yeah. Watch your supplementation. Obviously, supplementation is very important. But we're going to do several episodes on that in the future. And we've already done a couple already. So, Listen to the podcast. Like always, tag us in our Instagram page, Head on Collision Podcast. And also... And creatine is not a steroid.
Yes, thank you for leaving us on that note. That <laughs> definitely important for high schoolers and their parents. Um, but yeah, leave us an email if you have any questions. Head on collisionpodcast at gmail.com. You guys know the drill. If you have any questions, shoot them our way. We'll be happy to cover it and do maybe even a full podcast on it like we did our previous one. So Yes. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Made it all the way through. If so, like we both said multiple times, show us some love on Instagram. Tag us in any post, fitness-related, nutrition-related. We want to see it. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.